We're live? We are. Okay, it's only taken about seven takes to get here, but we're here. All right, welcome to the podcast, the No Name Podcast, because it's been about four weeks and I still haven't come up with a name, but we're here and we're doing it. I am CF Kate. This is MDM, who we are revealing. Uh, real name, Greg. I think we should just continue to call you MDM, though. Okay. <laughs> We'll see what happens. Um, we met a year ago via Tinder and we have an open relationship. So we practice ethical or consensual non-monogamy and we're basically going give, to give the world a little insight into what that means for us specifically. We're going to start with the backstory. The back backstory. Go. Where do you want to start? At the back. At the back. <laughs> uh yeah, so I think we landed here through like some of our really early initial conversations, just starting to share. I think it started with like even talking about books, and then that opened up conversations. I think particularly like Esther Perel, who's one of my major people I found that sort of shifted the way I thought about things. So I'd mentioned her, you'd said that you'd read her books as well. And I think then we started to share just about our experiences in relationships and yeah, past experiences, what we wanted, and yeah, it sort of led to just, I suppose, talking about opening or being open and and what we wanted from a relationship. I think that people get really hung up on how we talked about it initially, because I think what people maybe wonder in their minds is, how do I do that when I start a relationship? And not necessarily how do I go into a relationship wanting to have an open relationship, but how do I define the boundaries of the relationship early on you know it's like people are always like well when do I ask what is this or what are the expectations or what do you want to get out of this or what are you looking for it's like I think people get really like wow how did you guys establish that so early um but I don't know if we were I don't think we ever defined the boundaries for us we always spoke about our own personal maybe not boundaries but things that interested us in relationships or dynamics that we'd had that we liked or were looking for so we we're talking about what we wanted, just not with regards to the person that we were talking to. It was more about like, hey, what kind of relationships have you had in the past? Like, what kind of dynamics are you looking for? Like, without any expectations of, is it going to be with me? Are you going to be with me? What is this? What are we doing here? You know? <laughs> yeah, and I think that comes from having a really clear view of what it is that you want. Mm. Uh, you know, I think both of us coming in had a good sense of our needs, our wants from a relationship and we communicated about that. And I think when you're really clear on what it is you know, what you want, you're not afraid of how the other person's going to react to you saying that. Uh, and so that you need to be really solid in that of, hey, this is what I want, take it or leave it sort of thing. And, and I think we were both very much like that where it was like, hey, we've tried some stuff before that didn't work out. We had some failures behind us, some of those sort of things. Um, and yeah, for me, it was, I think, really sort of clear communication to be like, hey, this is this is what I'm looking for. And we're yeah, open about that. I definitely felt like I was in a place where I was like, I know exactly what I don't want. Hmm. Like I was like, I don't want what I've just had. I don't want to repeat that thing with that other guy. I don't want this. And I just feel like I had this laundry list of like, I, and that was when I'd got to the point where I was like, I don't think I want monogamy. Like, I'm like, this has not been successful for me for the past 30 years or I was 30 at the time. So it was like, you know, the past 10, 12, 15 years that I'd been dating, it was like, I don't know if monogamy is the thing that makes sense for me if I really enjoy being single and I really like to 
have so much independence in my life and that's when I've always felt my best so yeah I definitely felt like I came in being like okay <laughs> here are the things I don't fucking want and I think I even said to you like I don't want a relationship mm. yeah, and I like I, I almost feel like people coming into relationships are not looking for the, the ways that somebody doesn't meet what they need they're often trying to find the ways that that person does meet what they need so they're looking for how do they fit in rather than what are the things that they're not going to do well with me like what are the what are the things they're not going to provide me with and it's like so there's not an even judgment of that person or their personality or the things that they're going to provide your life with so like coming in with the attitude of like hey here's all the things i don't want you can kind of almost look at someone and be like they're not potentially going to provide me with this or hey they're interested in that and i don't like that and 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 be, be able to more um more maybe like what's the term that I'm looking for just be able to make an assessment on a fair judgment or making a conclusion about someone that's not just you're trying to fit them into and we, we've used that term before like fit them into like a husband or boyfriend shaped void in your life mm. it's like I wasn't looking for a relationship I knew what I didn't want at the time and I was really happy being single and if you have those things and you go into a new potential relationship being like hey I wanted to find this ahead of time um, you also aren't afraid of it not working out because you're like I'd I'd be quite happy to either be on my own or move on from you and, and find someone else who does want to give me those things and I can give things to make them happy. Yeah, and I think with that, there's if people are looking, they've got a checklist of this is what I want from a partner. They've got the things and they mm. meet someone and they're ticking the boxes. You, know, you hear people talking about it all the time of like, oh, they tick all the boxes. And it's like if you're so focused on just like, okay, they meet those five criteria of what I'm looking for, I think people often then they don't think about what the, the what boxes they don't tick because they're so busy focusing yeah. on I need to make sure they meet this criteria that they're not they're kind of almost blinded by what are the negatives? Like what are the downsides that come with this? And and I think like confidence in yourself and your ability to be able to say, actually you don't meet my criteria like you might meet my criteria but you actually don't meet this or to better look at all of those i think people are sometimes too attached to like just grabbing on going well mm. you're pretty close like you tick most of the boxes <laughs> so you know that they'll i think so that's where you see some people settling in that way i think people get excited though as well and maybe can't yeah. can't see properly like mm. it's too hard to make judgment calls and also the other hard part about that is people often come into relationships showing their best sides mm. right like and i think that's what you've experienced where it's like people show the real shiny highlight reel of who they are and their personality and all of their like traits and characteristics and it's not until six weeks or eight weeks or six months in that you're like oh hang on that's how you responded to this thing and like wow that's a side of you i haven't seen before um it's hard to make those it's i guess it's hard to sometimes see the red flags Mm. Not well, I mean, not red flags necessarily, but just it's hard to see someone in their entirety when you've been on a couple of dates. Yeah, and and I don't think people do that generally with malintent. Like, mm. I think people just you obviously want to be your best version and try and show everyone that. But uh, you know, yeah, I think you need to be aware. And I think for me, I had had some of those experiences where things shifted over time, and so I was very aware of that changing you know that sometimes just being aware of like okay the first three months you get this and then sometimes that will shift to a completely different person um because everyone is trying to trying to be their best person up front but um yeah that was always sort of a fear i, I suppose i carried in relationships so i think having some of those experiences then meeting you i was more aware of kind of looking into all aspects and trying mm. to understand 
not just not just getting uh, excited by the shiny bits and not just being like, oh, wow, that's great. I think we took time to, to really ask some of those questions about the other side, the more challenging side of each other and what are you bad at? Where have you stuffed up? You know, where are some of the challenges you've had? Like we had a lot of those discussions yeah. early on. Um, I think to not leave some of that stuff on the table. I remember feeling a bit jaded at the time as well, like with dating, with just men in general. Mm. <laughs> and like, I, I know I've been through those phases before and usually I'm just like, I'm just going to be single for a while. And I think I'd said that right before I started talking to you. But when I was like, I'm going to be single for a while, it just meant I wasn't looking for a relationship. Like, mm. it's not like I wasn't going to be talking to people or dating. It was just like, I'm not committing to a relationship right now. Um, so yeah, I think I came into it being a little jaded, which probably was helpful really, just to make me think a little bit more critically. And, and I was getting better at seeing the red flags that I'm like, uh, there, there are these little signs that I'm picking up on. And sometimes it's really subtle. It's like how someone talks about somebody else, uh, whether it's in a negative or positive light, it's like they'll say things or how someone um, treats you or shifts that happen over time. Like I remember dating one guy that like very early on, and it was only like a period of six weeks maybe that we were seeing each other and it was like the first couple of weeks it was very different to the last couple of weeks and it was like man within that short amount of time I'm like okay I'm starting to see some stuff here and I was sort of trying to figure out if if I was right or not at the time but um yeah I think I'd just gotten to a point where I'm like okay once you start seeing the pattern you see consistent behavior from not just one person but you see that across multiple people that you've been dating it's like it was almost a good good thing for me to come into it being like hey this is what I don't want and this is what I'm not looking for. And it just helped help me be clear on being able to see the good and bad in people rather than feeling like I was always going and just fucking blind. And then you showed up and I was like, I don't, I really, what's bad? I just, I can't see. <laughs> Still trying to find them. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I think that's the advantage of like, you know, if a relationship doesn't work out as planned, there are lessons you can learn. I think that's one thing I you know appreciate about you is like you you are introspective because like you can have a bunch of relationships that don't work out properly, but if you're not actually looking at and asking yourself the questions of wait like what could I have done differently? Why did that not turn out? You don't learn, and that some people will have fifty of those, you know whatever the number is, you, they just get on the same mm -hmm. cycle if they're not willing to sort of go hey where where did that go wrong you know me out of my last relationship before you like um it, it didn't work out um and i asked myself some pretty tough questions during that sort of year and a half or two you know nearly two years that i was single between uh that ending and meeting you i did a lot of work to try and go wait where did i stuff up in that uh and, and i think it would be really easy it's always easy to blame the other person and be like oh well it was them it was this and it's like wait i contributed to that and there was definitely things that i could have done better and should have done better and and so I think those lessons then it gave me a pretty clear map or, or view of okay the next relationship I, I get into these are the things that I need to do differently if I want a different outcome to my previous one what do I need to change to make that happen and yeah I think it does take unfortunately you know some relationships that didn't work out and I don't want to call them failures to be able to refine that and, and to get better at how you approach the next one. Yeah, I feel like some of those past relationships for me have been really good ways to fucking break down that Disney complex mm. or like that idea of like soulmates or one person or one great love or someone that you're just meant to be with or um, even like 
the idea of my fantasy relationship or who I am in a relationship, like just challenging all of those things. Cause it's like when things don't work out, it's like, yeah, you, you do have to figure out what part did you play. And if you don't figure that, that out, then you miss the opportunity mm. to, to actually move forward with something that's, going to help your next relationship right it's like you should i feel like i can look back at every single relationship that i've been and be like oh yeah i learned that from this person and i learned that from that other person and then that thing from that relationship is what i have brought with me and it's like we've talked about it before where we've said hey when we started seeing each other and how this whole thing is unrolled like unfurled what if we were about to get into a different relationship like I don't know, a, a hypothetical new relationship. What things would we do differently having learned what we've learned from our relationship? And that's always been kind of a fun question because I feel like there's actually not a lot that I would do differently now. I think the way that we did things is probably how I would continue to do things. And, and I sort of do that now even with like online dating and talking to people, like just having some of those conversations really early on rather than delaying things or, or small talking and not cutting to like – and maybe cutting to the point and being clear and transparent about what your wants, needs and desires are. And and then also being able to give them a chance to tell you what their wants, needs and desires are and just being able to be like, hey, what is it that you're looking for? Here's what I'm looking for. Do we match? Are we compatible? And I think that establishing that really early on is probably one of the best things that I've learned to do. Yeah. And no, like, if I look at our relationship, like I think communication is, if anyone asks me like what the the maybe underlying kind of fundamental or most important parts to us is it's actually our communication and the level that we talk about everything but if i think about all my relationship in the past that was the place i, I stuffed up that was that was all my fuck-ups in the past i didn't communicate well and that was really that work over that two years is to kind of realize that, that communication was an issue for me you know mm. it was um you know end up you know this but it, it comes from look I'm super empath and I care so much about other people's feelings that that often became a block for me trying trying to be so aware of how other people felt that I would not communicate properly and usually that ended up in hurting them but it was me trying not to hurt people that it made me not communicate well and and so coming in you know that was the lesson I learned from previous relationships so coming into this with you I decided I needed to be like brutally honest and, and completely transparent and not, you know, I've said to you before, like not try and find this like comfortable bit in the middle where I'm having to make that decision of like, how will she react to this? Or if I say this, what will the reaction be? And just being very open and be like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter almost like that, that I have to just be honest and that's mm. the only way forward you know and that's like back to like uh, the first weekend we spoke you know I, I've said before like one of the most defining moments of this whole relationship for me was the first weekend we started talking I had been on a date with someone else and coming home that night I think you'd message me wanted to have a chat on the phone and we connected on the phone you'd ask me what I'd been up to and I said, oh, I just, I've just gone to meet up with a friend and I stopped myself and went, no, no, that was a lie. I've actually been on a date. And that for me is like, that was the most honest I've ever been with anyone, especially that early or probably at all. Mm. Uh, and then to, to, to be able to be honest like that and then your reaction to that was just very relaxed. You just sort of went, oh, cool. That was great. Like, did you have a good night? And it was just so freeing to, to be able to just be honest and for that to be received in the way you received it. And I think that set the tone really for 
you know, for, for me, I feel like that set a lot of the tone forward uh, in who we are now. Yeah, the communication thing, like, it's such a fucking cliche. Everyone's like, oh, communication is key. Like, it's the most important thing. And I'm like, I think people understand the concept that you have to be able to talk about things and talk about hard things. But I don't think people understand the practice of it and what that actually looks like. And, and yeah, I mean, it's like what you've said. It's, it's like all the things that I've fucked up in the past with communication is what's allowed me to now communicate with you the way that I do. Um, and you've almost been an enabler for that because you've communicated back to me. Mm. And, then, and then, you know, I even think about past relationships where I'm like, I wish they just fucking communicated the truth to me rather than either not telling me, deceiving me or whatever it was. I'm like, man, they were trying to save my feelings. Mm. But I'm like, screw my feelings. Tell me the truth. Like, I needed to know what the hell was going on. Like, mm. that, that's all I really wanted. And I think when you flip that around, it's like, it's the same thing for you now. It's like, screw your feelings. You need, you need the truth. Mm. Like, and that's what we have to endeavor to give each other ultimately. Um, so as much as it, it's like, I'm going to have to potentially hurt you or know that there's going to be a reaction or know that this is going to potentially be difficult. It's like, that has to be of lower priority to the truth. Mm. And that's where like, you know, the, the example that everyone always talks about is ghosting and like why people ghost. <sighs> and it's <laughs> like, that's exactly where that comes from is that, People don't know how to have that conversation. People, you know, uh, they're either too worried about hurting the person. They don't know how to say, hey, it's been really great hanging out with you. I had a great night, whatever. Even if you didn't have a great night, just be able to say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Like, I I'm not actually interested in seeing you again. And it's like that whole massive problem that everyone that's involved in dating now has experienced multiple times mm. is because people are too scared to have that conversation or, or, or not able and don't have the tools to have that conversation like i'm guilty of it i've done it because it's i've had people react badly you know i've had someone yell at me when i've said i wasn't interested in seeing them again so then the next time instead of saying well that person just had a bad reaction i went well hang on maybe i'll retract how the way i delivered that more and it makes you kind of you know recede backwards so yeah i think it's it's a big problem that people just don't know how to just mm. be open and and i think it takes two people in that that you need to be able to just be open in what you say but you've got to be able to receive it as well the other person needs to be able to say hey i really appreciate you telling me you're not interested you know and and not trying to deceive my feelings and i think that's where men women anyone that's dating at the moment get in this thing where yeah if we all just communicated better receive things better and tried to relax into that we'd have less problems yeah i think the ghosting thing like i mean ghosting is almost a good way to figure out who you don't want to be with like who you do not want to date or hang out with or not, someone that is not someone invested in you as a human like they're mm -hmm. just looking for something transactional or don't have the courage to just say like hey nice to meet you I just want to be friends. Mm. Like that's, it's, it's such a simple thing. We've got access to phones and Instagram and social apps to just send a one sentence message. It's like, it's not a hard thing to do. If they can't do that, it's like, <laughs> that's my God, that's a bad sign. But um, yeah, the other thing that I was going to say right at the end, you were talking about, remind me what the last thing you said was, receiving it on both ends. Yeah. So I think what you said to me that, like it was like we'd had our very first date on the Friday and then I think I called you on the Sunday and you didn't pick up and I was like huh that's weird all right and then you messaged me later and you were like hey sorry I missed your call like do you want to chat now and I think we did end up on the phone I was like hey like what have you been doing how was your day like I was just thinking about you so I just kind of like grabbed the phone and wanted to call you which was probably a little bit a little bit 
little forward of me. We'd only been on one day and I'm like, hey. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I think that's when you were like, oh yeah, I was on a date. I was uh, just on a date with a girl. Um, and I think, you, I think you told me that you'd already been on some dates with her prior or maybe you hadn't told me. Maybe that was the first time that we really talked about it. That's, but yeah, I that's remember- That's the first time I'd been on a date with that person. Ah. Yeah. It was ah. also very much during lockdown. So it was absolutely a legal date. That was an intimate partner. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. I remember you telling me that and I was like, oh, nice, cool. Like, how was it? Was it a good date? Mm. I just remember being like, I'm not, we're not exclusive. I've told you that we've been on one, like we'd been on one date. I told you that I, I was looking for connections to make investments in. I wasn't looking for like a, a like, yeah, there was. I guess there was just no expectations that you were it only committed to me. It was just a Zoom date as well. Sorry? It, it was just a Zoom date that we'd been on at that point. No, we'd met. Had we not? No. No, that was after our, our first Zoom date. It was the Sunday night after. Trust me. <laughs> Trust you? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Are you looking at some questions to answer? Uh, no, but we can, have we covered off the, how did we meet? I think we need to get into how we ended up becoming ethically non-monogamous. Cause we've talked yeah. a lot about like how we met and like just the, the things that we brought into the relationship. Yeah. But I guess the being open and also being open from the very beginning is probably to a degree unique. Cause I think a lot of people either have opened up during their relationship or one person wants to be open the other person doesn't or they're just talking about it and they're already monogamous like we came into it and like I said I, I think I'd said I wasn't really looking for anything you'd already been previously in some open relationships some loose open I, I can talk about you want you want to talk about yourself you don't yeah. want me to tell other yeah. people the story of yeah, you might, okay might all right cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so I think like how I got to that point uh so like very early 20s or, or something like that like i'd had had a couple of experience of non-consensual non-monogamy on my behalf <sighs> i know scandalous uh yeah like I, I fucked up a couple of times when i was younger and and i cheated uh what and and had some really i think i wrestled with that quite a lot back then where i knew it was the wrong thing to do morally I woke up the next day feeling like the worst person on earth. Um, and after that happened twice, I started to really try and question and understand like, how did that even happen when I morally knew it was the wrong thing to do? Um, so I started to kind of read and try and understand what was going on in my brain. And that's how I found Esther. And that was that to me sort of opened up this door that of, of exploring where I found her, I found the rethinking of fidelity, TED talk on YouTube and that made me sort of realize that like cheating is a symptom of communication or poor communication so that sort of sent me you know reading about that of how to communicate better in relationships and I came across I think some articles or other videos on non-monogamy uh, consensual non-monogamy and that made me start to sort of go wow like there's this whole world that I had no idea about I was probably mm. mid-20s or something at the time and so it made I went online and I started to try and find a couple that were in a non-monogamous open relationship and that was my first experience I met up with a couple I we had a couple of drinks we went back to their house 
we probably probably spent longer me just interrogating them about details of their relationship and and the kind of questions now that we're getting. That was me. Did you show up with a whiteboard? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just have a few questions. One minute. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait. Before you take your clothes off, I have five questions for you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and like we had this really cool night where – you know, we, we I asked them a bunch of questions about, you know, how they got to where they were, how they opened up and their story were that they were childhood sweethearts that had never been with anyone else and they hit 30 and realized that they'd never even, you know, they'd never fucked anyone else. And it's like, so started asking all these questions and I think I said the other week, like my, when I walked away from that experience at night, I sort of went, oh, I could never do that but I think I could learn a lot from it. And it's like, because I just saw this, like, you know, they were telling me about their rules and how they communicate like before dates and after dates and how they even got to where they were and defining what it looked like. And I'm like, oh wow, I can learn a lot from that knowing I'd had these struggles with uh, with communication before. So it was kind of my first exposure to that. Had some similar experiences over like the next few years after that. And then sort of found a bit of a community of people that were around sort of, you know, open sex, you know, sex positive kind of communities and exposed to a little bit more. I dated some people at Wapoli and and in all sorts of different sort of open situations, but I was never actually in an open relationship myself. So, I'd only experienced that as a single guy kind of entering into that world. Uh, yeah, so just dating some people who were yeah, dating other in, like, people that were open and dating people who had partners and things like that uh, more from a casual sense rather than any sort of, you know, more serious um, you know, relationship standpoint. So, yeah, this was, although I'd been around some of that in the past, this was the first time I've actually had to, I'll say, like, navigate the the, the rules and the waters of, of what we've had to do, having those hard conversations rather than just being the, you know, the ring-in single guy that kind of stepped into some of those things. So, the, yeah, so I think the that's, unicorn. that's kind of, yeah, being the unicorn. <laughs> so, I think that's kind of my background, I suppose, on, you know, how do I got to meeting you and being open to those sort of situations is I'd been around it, I'd seen some really healthy versions of it. I'd learned a little bit from what works and what didn't from people just by being the observer, I think, a little bit in some of those scenarios. So, yeah, when you first sort of mentioned to me that it was something you were interested in, uh, you know, I had some of those perspectives that I could talk to about what I'd been involved to in, like, in the past. And, yeah, I think it definitely made it easier then to, once we met, when we started to talk about it, sort of maybe put some of it into action and, and understand... Because it's a difficult, I think there are complex emotional things attached to it and it is difficult to navigate those waters. But I think just having some experience with that definitely helped me, um, you know, understand how how we could possibly make it work. Yeah, I think we, we talked about podcasts that we'd, we'd listen to. We talked about Esther. So, we were kind of almost talking about it in terms of how we were curious about it. I think initially, especially it was just like something that interested us in relationships. And I was like, Hey, what are your thoughts on solo poly? I remember that was, I just heard that term and was like, what are your thoughts on this? Like I kind of just kind of sounds like someone who's single and dating. Like it just Mm. sounds like a typical person that's just dating around, but it was like, well, no, there's kind of a little bit more to it in terms of defining like the, the, maybe the kind of person you are or like the, the ethical practice of it perhaps like, but, um, yeah, I love that the couple that you were with were 
childhood sweethearts like yeah. high school sweethearts it's, so, it's like so cool yeah. i always think that because i'm always like man imagine just being with one person your entire life like mm. and <laughs> like everything i've learned has been from being with multiple people in multiple different relationships mm. and, and and encountering different types of people and and like all these things and i like yeah i just couldn't imagine having had one person by your side for you know from high school i matched with someone the other day that had been with their partner since 14 so so impressive had, had, i think she said that she'd never even kissed anyone else yeah you know, this yeah is the you only wouldn't person have. she's ever kissed been with and now they've opened up that's at amazing mid, mid 30s maybe or something like that so 20 i think she said they were married for 18 years or together for 18 years or something like that and married for something huge anyway and yeah, now they've they've decided to open up. Well, I mean, there's a reason that like swingers and kinky practicing people are often older because you get 30, 40, 50 years into a marriage and it's like, man, we need something new. Like we need some novelty. And like I've actually had this thought sometimes with us where I'm like, we're doing way too much too early. Like, we're going to have nothing left. I'm sure I'm we'll like, figure it out. We'll, we'll just be monogamous after 50 yeah. years. We'll be like, guys, we're going to real mix. We're going to rock this boat. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> the novel let's thing. The novel thing is let's try monogamy. <laughs> just mix it out and spice it up a little bit. Okay. That's the question. Um, what does the monogamy conversation look like with us sound like? Like, uh, so somebody said, um, where is the question? Do you ever talk about monogamy and how does that go? Yeah, I think we, we talk about it often. I think about it more often, I would say. Like, it comes up a lot. And, like, I think how I described it to you a few weeks ago is, like, I often have this thought of, like, oh, I think I could be monogamous with you. Um, and what I said to you was like, that feels like a really great place to be in where I'm bumping up against that feeling of like, oh, I could easily just be with you and you only. And then kind of dipping dipping our toes into non-monogamy and, and sort of be in that place rather than I think where a lot of other people in maybe monogamous relationships are is they're monogamous and kind of bumping up against these thoughts and ideas of like, you know, you've seen huge numbers of people cheating and all those things where it's like people are, you know, they f see someone that they flirt with and they connect with and they're like, oh, I can't do that, but I wish I could. And it's like, so they're bouncing up against something that they can't resolve in that way and, and is like a negative thing. Whereas, yeah, I think it's great place for me you know it feels great to be toying with that idea of like i could easily do that um but also then you know bouncing back and having the the freedom and that we do in our relationship it's nice to not have it and want it than to be stuck with it and be trying to figure out a way out that was a much shorter way of saying what i just said thank you you are so welcome <laughs> <laughs> i'll just be the bullet point version of mdm perfect yeah i think um the monogamy thing i funnily enough i i I feel very monogamous with you. Hmm. Um, and I think we've said that we're emotionally monogamous. Like I'm, I, especially because like, it's very hard to find someone else attractive or interesting or hmm. not that people aren't attractive or interesting. It's just that like, it's very hard to make an interesting connection when I feel like I've already got a really fucking interesting connection with hmm. you that I really like investing my time and energy into because I get so much out of it. Um, and perhaps if it was a scenario where there were things that you didn't do that I really liked and I wanted to find someone to be able to do those things with, that maybe that would make the dynamics of our relationships 
less monogamous as far as what I feel like I'm experiencing. But um, there are so many things that we do together and enjoy together that I feel like it's a very monogamous relationship. It's just that we go online to talk to people. We mm. go on dates with other people and we randomly will hook up with other people. Like, mm. So, yeah, it, but it just, that often feels very physical and and not that it is only surface level or superficial, but it feels like it doesn't get to the same depth as you and I, obviously, because we're invested in this long-term relationship and, and we've got this... Yeah, we've got a different connection. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really funny when people are like, oh, would you ever be monogamous? I'm like, when I think I'm like, yeah, I'd be monogamous. But when I think about that, I'm like, oh, no, but I still want to be able to fuck other people. And hmm. like, oh, but I still want to be able to like bring other people in and have like group sex or threesomes or have fun. I'm like, hmm. that to me in my brain, I'm like, I don't see monogamy without that. Hmm. So I guess it's not monogamy, right? Like it's, it's technically- not monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> It's not monogamy, I, I, so which is weird. I'm like the the whole term. It's too black and white, right? I'm like, mm. it's like, yeah. I think the nuance of like the connection that we have and the emotional like thing that we've got going on, where I do feel really exclusive with you. Um, but then we, yeah, I don't know. It's it's bizarre. It's, I I feel like I'm very like um, connected with you in a very uh, exclusive way. Mm. Yet people are always like, well, when are you going to be exclusive? When are you going to settle down? Would mm. you would you not be monogamous? But when you find someone that you want to settle down with, and I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I feel like I have that relationship that I'm very settled down with. But I think that comes from the perspective of people think that monogamy is the top of the tree it's mm. the gold star and mm. it's like that's what everybody's reaching for mm. and it's like that's the wrong goal if, if that's the if the goal it's is the monogamy mm. you're looking at things the wrong way like my goal is to have this amazing relationship that I have with you mm. and to be able to connect the way I do with you and like it's the best relationship I've ever had and it's like so I've got that already if on top of that I've got the ability and, and we've got the freedom to then meet other people that we find interesting and connect, like that to me, that feels like a bonus on top of I've we, I've already got the got like the thing that I, I love. And it's like whenever I get people ask me about that, you know, that I match with on, on dating apps and stuff, you know, and I've heard other people talk about the same thing, so it's not like my idea, but around sort of best friends and friends. Mm. And it's like you can have a best friend that you love and you cherish, and they're the be you know the best connection from a friendship that you have. It's like, but you don't say, well, okay, I've found my best friend, so now I can't have any other friends, and and block yourself off to that. And it's like it's great having a best friend that you you have that super deep connection with. You share a bunch of stuff. You've got these like little in jokes that your other friends don't really understand. It's like but you still then can make other friends and that doesn't detract away from that. And I think that for me, it's, you know, that's great to be able to have that opportunity to, to meet other people, have other friends, but that doesn't take away from us. And I think that's what people maybe lose sight of when they're like, oh, well, you become monogamous. It's like, for me, that's not the goal. The mm. go like, that's not the gold standard to me. The mm. gold standard is like, what are the fundamentals of our relationship? And what are we trying to build together? Uh, and and uh, I feel like we're we're doing that thing. The other stuff is just sort of yeah additional. Yeah, I, I feel like we are trying to design a relationship that serves our best interests, mm. rather than adhering to the rules of some kind of like cut and dry like just yeah that that whole like 
walking into a relationship where there's assumptions of rules. Hmm. And um, I think that's kind of where monogamy lives, where people are like, oh, well, that's just the expectation. That's the right way to do things. And that's just what we'll do. And we'll just apply that over our relationship and we'll just follow those rules. It's like, well, when did you sit down and discuss the rules? Hmm. Do the rules serve you? Is it going to make you happy? What about the long run? What about the short run? It's like, I think what we deliberately did and what we've discussed is it's like, and there's that great TED talk where it's like polyamory or non-monogamy is the builder bear of relationships. Mm. And it really is about like, okay, what do you need? And how can I give that to you? And if there's something that you want that's not me, then how can I enable you to get that? Um, and whether that's some activity that you like to do or some person that you want to meet up with or whatever it is, it's like, my goal is to make you really happy. And that could mean a number of things. Um, but putting restrictions on what you're allowed to do is only a reflection of my fear of losing you or my own insecurities and myself. And I think that's what people get with, with non-monogamy. I think people can often understand the perks of non-monogamy. Mm. Um, and sometimes they're actually like the most obvious perks are actually not the perks. Like I know for you and I, it's like, we're like, oh, we just can go and see anybody else we want to see. And people are like, oh, you guys just get to get laid all the time. And it's like, it's a great fucking perk. But the reality is that the perk that I've experienced with you is that it builds such a deep connection with you and I when we mm. are forced to confront the fears and things that come up when we are seeing other people. Mm. Um, because you have to have these conversations that are like conversations you would never have otherwise. So I think people can understand like the, the, the actual perks of it. I think what puts people off polyamory or non-monogamy or open relationships are the things that they're afraid of, right? The mm. cons, I guess, which is the risk. Yeah, and I think that it brings up instant, you know, thoughts of kind of insecurities in people. It's like, well, all the things could go wrong and like you see those questions all the time. It's always like, well, what would you, like what one of the this? top questions I get on dating apps all the time if like, sounds like, well, what if they fall in love with someone else? It's like, but I think where people go wrong, like that, and I always say to people that like, that can happen in any relationship, mm. but it's like that extra exposure to that risk that they perceive that it's higher in non-monogamy, which it, it probably is. But I think in non-monogamy, if you've got the communication, you actually got a space you can talk about those scenarios. So, you know, and, you know, if, if I go to a cafe down the road and there's a cute barista that floats with me, I can come back and say to you, oh, like I had a fun day, like went and grabbed a coffee and met a barista, they flirted with me. It's like if you're in a monogamous relationship, you don't do that. You don't have that conversation, but you might keep going back to the same cafe every day, have these little flirty moments and the, that builds up, right? Like it builds up to this place where you've got this little secret of like mm. that you and the barista that flirt with each other. It's like that doesn't, that's not a secret with us if that scenario was to happen. Um, I think the other thing I was thinking about before, like I none of my relationships before had I consciously sort of said like, ask the question of, do you want monogamy? It's never, you don't ever yeah. consciously make the choice to be monogamous and say to someone, well, you know, oh, I only want to be with you. Okay, well, why is that? And you don't discuss that. The default. And, and so, like, I personally, you know, I'd, uh, I would never say to someone there's a right way, like monogamy's right, monogamy's wrong, you know, vice versa. But I would say that going into a relationship and not talking about that, of why you're choosing the thing that you're about to do, especially it's something you're about to commit to for the rest of your life, to be able to sit down and say, hey, tell me tell me what it is you need do you think it's sustainable that we only ever 
you know, we will never have feelings for anyone else, that we'll never desire someone else outside of our relationship. I think a lot of people like to think that monogamy, that that doesn't happen, but the numbers around cheating tell a completely different story. Mm. I think in the US last I heard, it was 70 something percent of marriages die, oh, sorry, not, not die. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Mar- die's the right Marriage is dying all over the world. But like, you know, <laughs> they, they end in divorce. I think it was 70 something percent of times due to non-monogamy or, or to, to infidelity. And it's like, that shows there's this huge problem where people- We need it. We need it. Fact check that stat. Seventy ish. I think I think it's seventy percent of marriages fail, but I don't think it's all seventy percent due to infidelity. Yeah, we can't fact check it. We so can't fact check that, right? I, I think there's numbers around. Like we get, we'll get a producer that's yeah, next on the yeah, list. We need to. Hey, uh, can you just fact check? Just that? look that up. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Like, no matter what the percentage is, right? It's a huge number. It's a big number of marriages and a big number of relationships that end in non-consensual non-monogamy. But people still aren't having the conversation to say, "Hey, my last four relationships have ended due to infidelity." is this working? What, like, you know, why am I making these mm. choices? And I think it's, there's a lot of it happening, but just not agreed to. And, and I think that's where, you know, like I said, I, I've never had that conversation to say, what is it you want? You just do monogamy because that's what you've seen modeled all around you. And I think for both of us, it was modeled around us and unsuccessfully modeled around us, but I still didn't question it for a lot of years, you know, my parents split up when I was five. I didn't really have anyone around me that had a successful monogamous relationship, but I still just blindly just went and did the thing because that's what we're conditioned to do. Mm. It's what we see in movies. It's what, you know, the Disney princess thing. It's like, that's what we see. So that's kind of just what you unconsciously do. So yeah, I think just questioning it and saying, well, why is it that I want this? And if the answer is insecurity, if the answer is why I'd get jealous, Mm. don't run from that. Mm. Yeah. Use that as an opportunity to go, I'd get too jealous or why is that? What is it behind that? And, and like, you know, if you're hiding from those fears through your life, I don't know, to me, that's not how I want to live. Like, I would rather, like, sure, I feel jealous. I, I, I feel fear when if you go on a date with someone else, it's like, but I see that as an opportunity to go, wait, what's going on there? Is that, that that's, I know it's something within me that I need to address and to think about. So. You said a bunch of things and I'm going to go back to them because I've been holding the little points and just I'm, I'm going to revisit them. I really liked what you said with regards to like talk, flirting to the barista down the road. And if flirting or texting people or talking to other people outside of your relationship, like if that's a thing that's a bad thing, then I think you can so quickly fall into that pattern of like, you see them every day, you keep on flirting, you suddenly exchange numbers. And it's like you said, it becomes your little secret. And that's where it just snowballs. And it's so easy to do that because you can never talk about what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, how the other person would feel about taking that next step, like in the relationship, if if you were flirting with the barista, it's like, if it's completely shut down and totally ignored, and you're left to deal with it on your own, I think that's when it's like, well, I've already done this much, so might as well like fucking just go all the way. You know, it's I, I almost want to find some kind of kind of anal- analogy with with drugs or something, right? Where it's mm. like illegal, so it's like 
so okay an experience that I had when I was in the US when I was I moved to the US when I was 19 so I'd already turned 18 in New Zealand and been like we can have alcohol like woo go nuts got to America when I was 19 and it was like we're not allowed alcohol oh my god it's like you're breaking the law by having a drink you're not allowed to like drink out with your parents you're not allowed to have a drink at home to celebrate a birthday it was like you're not allowed alcohol and what that meant is that not only did they get fucking hammered and wasted and like messed up because it was like, you know, when you're drinking underage, you just take things way too far. They also were then like, well, alcohol falls into the same category as drugs. Let's just go get fucked up on illicit drugs. And it was like, it was, everyone was a mess. Everyone was a shambles because they didn't have freedom. And then the weird part about that is when everyone was 21, which in New Zealand is pretty much the age that everyone's graduating university, being released into the fucking real world. That was when they were allowed to drink alcohol. So that was when they went through that I've come of age process by according to the law. And it was like, it was just so late in their development as a person compared to what I'd seen and experienced in New Zealand where it's like 18 you come of age you go through a bit of a phase of drinking and then you kind of get past that and you graduate uni or finish whatever you're doing at that phase and you get a job and you kind of just get into a you figure out who you are and what you want and what's important and what's not important and so I think as soon as alcohol was was or when alcohol was illegal it was like yeah it just meant that it just fell into like I, I guess mentally it was like well, it's just as bad as this, so I might as well do that. Hmm. So it's almost like if anything's out of bounds, any, anything that's restricted that you're not meant to do, as soon as you cross that line, it's like fucking, well, I might hmm. as, well I'm here. Hmm. Like, it's too bad. I, I've already screwed up, you know? So I think it's like, even though there probably are maybe categories of experimenting with flirting or texting or kissing or, or like like going on an actual date or out to dinner or like having sex it's like there's different things that you would go through it's like if it's all not allowed then you're like well screw it then well i think that's one of the things that quite often in monogamy it's like you don't actually figure out what is not okay until someone fucks up yeah because if you don't ever talk about hey what are you okay with where does the line sit for you for some people their definition of cheating is messaging a girl on social media yeah. even if it's friendly like yeah. so some people that might be crossing the line what they see is infidelity talking to an ex those things like for and some how people, often that's are two in. people in a relationship with totally different yeah boundaries. different definitions of what it is for some people it's purely physical for some people it doesn't cross the line until it's sex like whatever that definition is if that's different for everyone and you're not talking about that and defining that before it happens and not just waiting until someone does it and you know you hear the stories all the time of like people getting caught out like liking photos of girls on Instagram it's yeah. like you know for some people that's crossing the line it's like then you get yelled at by by your girlfriend for liking a photo and you're like fuck like I didn't even know that that was the wrong thing like you know and I think that's yeah, I think people get caught up in not that, not having the conversation, not even figuring out if you choose monogamy, and I think that's where it comes back to that consciously choosing monogamy mm. and having the discussion about, hey, I want to be monogamous with you because of these reasons, and this is what I think think that looks like, or this is what I'm comfortable with. Um, you know, I think that's where it does end up in in not good outcomes a lot of the time. It's because you get to a certain point, someone does something, you're like, oh wow, well, now we go back and read the rule book. Mm. But people keep that closed. You know, it's we, like, well, we kind of unconsciously it. go into it. So you've said it before, actually, where you were like, um, I 
I can't remember where you heard it. I think maybe it was a podcast. It was like um, people spend a lot of time and put a lot of thought into a breakup. Yeah. And they really work through some of that stuff and, it, and it's a process and you have to really make a decision. That's a really big decision. Um, we're naturally, we're humans that have a really good degree of risk aversion. And it's like, that's just how we we avoid bad shit going on and we, mm. we spend our time with like making those kinds of decisions yet when you're entering a relationship there is no comparable degree of like thought and intention mm. and deliberate like work around what the de- decision is that you're making and i think oftentimes people kind of roll into a relationship you know at no yeah. point like you said where it's like hey what do you want and sometimes it maybe I think the mistake is that we often ask the other person what they want. It's like, hey, what do you want out of this? What are you looking for? Like, like, what is this? Mm. Um, what are your expectations? Like, what are your what are your intentions? And it's like, well, that that needs to be fucking changed. Like, flip the script. Tell them what you want. It's I like, think people often even ask that question that the ans- they're only looking for the answer of like, uh, are we serious or not? Are we exclusive? Yeah, is yeah. usually where it's from. It's not about setting boundaries and rules, and it's not about like, hey. Like when people say like, hey, where is this going? What is this? It's just that they need that confirma- confirmation yeah. of like, yes, it's serious. And then that's where the conversation stops. It's almost you know? like figuring out what's my importance to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely it. Like it's not about figuring out what the kind what of relationship look like. And I think that's what open relationships successfully do, healthy open relationships do, is that it forces you to have the conversation about how is this going to work? What is okay? What is not? And what I discovered from that first experience with the couple that I talked about was the constant redefining and constant reaffirming of, is this still okay? Redefining of rules. Wait, no, that made me feel weird. Okay, do we need to change anything? And you're constantly having this rolling conversation. It's not just once when you first get into the relationship to be like, hey, are we doing this? Cool, let's be open. And then you don't talk about it. So you're constantly having these little conversations, you know, deep conversations, but constantly checking in to be like, hey, I'm going on a date with someone else. How do you feel? Or what's, you know, I've just been on a date with someone. How did it make you feel? Oh, I felt this. Okay. Does that cross? Like, I think it's that, that continual conversation. I think even for people in monogamy, if they just adopt some of that, I think that would be more successful, you know, to, to what you said before, like, what would I do differently if I was going into a relationship with someone else? Like, you know, if I was going into a monogamous relationship with someone else, that's what I would do different is to have those conversations where I'm like, hey, what is it you want? What does this look like? And, and the same stuff we've applied. Um, so, I think that, you know, am I only ever able to be non-monogamous no Mm. but i think the principles that we've built into the relationship i I would absolutely have to have in any any kind of structure that i have in the in like in the future yeah i really like our questions like i think a lot of them are how do you feel about that where are you at with that Mm. um and then some of the answers are like oh right now i'm feeling this or Mm. hey this is coming up for me um so it's often like yeah none of it's super like tell me exactly what it is and how you feel and where you're at and that's permanent and that's forever. It's like, a, where are you, like, let me gauge where you're at with, with this thing that's happening specifically right now. And, and I know you said this last time and maybe you felt like this now, but, but give me an idea. Um, so I think, yeah, a lot of the questions are around like it is, it is malleable or it is flexible and the feelings and things do shift and morph and change. And I think having the awareness that one, the questions have to uh, allow for that 
and then two, the answers also have to allow for that, which is really nice because you never have to answer in like a, like, uh, in like a this is a permanent feeling, this is a permanent state, this is a permanent response. Mm. I think every time we've seen someone else, the response has changed, the response has been yeah. different, and it's shifted, and it's like. It, and you know any experience even though it's still just seeing someone else they've always felt very different and yeah. i even feel like when we talk about them now i'm like oh yeah like that that one date you went on with x or that one time that you saw y and it's like we can almost refer to our responses and our experiences now by by those events and and that's mm. a reference point for us now to be like oh well i felt like that then remember that and you're like yeah and i'll be like mm. okay well a little bit of that and a little bit of this and, and now this is what i'm thinking as well um yeah, I just think the questions, the, the questions and, and never assuming and never trying to read someone's mind. Yeah, and, and I think that's, you know, you, you're right in the way that it, it does change all the time. And I think we're just, we don't assume that, I, I think it's just that really rigid sort of, it's not a rigid framework and it's not a rigid relationship in any way. Whereas like, I feel like we do have a lot of conversations, you know, back to what even asked about monogamy before and what, like, if we talk about that, back to the question I think that we're meant to be answering is like, we do talk about it. It comes up yeah. every few weeks where we're like, I'm feeling like this, wait, is this still what we want to do? And we'll, we'll have that conversation quite often where we'll say, you know, how do you feel about monogamy or is this something, is it, do you still want to be open? And we, we often have that conversation and make sure and check in that that's still what we want. But yeah, that's where I always just see on the flip side of like how many monogamous relationships you've been, have you been in where every few weeks you're having a conversation to say, hey, are you still good? Is this still what you want? Is there anything that's not working? Like I've never, never done that. I've mm. never been in a relationship where... Yeah, I've I've had those conversations, kind of checking in and and making sure that things are on track. We're still good, you know. That things are, yeah, we're still connecting the, in the right way. Yeah, well, I think seeing other people prompts that so much, yeah. right? Like it, you have to. And I think that's the, you know, like I said the other week. Like I think that the, the things that I've gotten from non-monogamy are actually different to what I thought they were going to be. You know, yeah. I think that it's done so much for our relationship and strengthening us because of the conversation it creates that yeah sure it's it's fun to go and have like a you know casual connect with someone and it's like that's a fun moment but it's like then we come back to being us the next day we have some great conversations and and reconnect and it, it just feels like that gets stronger um so i like i thought that I didn't think that that would happen as much and the, what it sort of put back into our bucket would be as strong as what it has seemed to be so far. Um, I thought it would very much be just about like, okay, go have a fun experience and that being a very like self-serving kind mm -hmm. of thing and then you try and sort of come back to the relationship. But I, yeah, I find that it sort of adds a lot in for us. Together. Yeah, there are a lot of dates that we came back in from being like, I don't know if we really need to, I don't know if I need to see anybody else. Yeah. And then it was like, no, like the reconnection that we have, it was like, it's serving the relationship. Like if it's, if it's doing anything, it's, it's mm. making our relationship better. Even a, a bad date's a good date in that way. Like, you know, a bad date externally makes you appreciate. No, but even a good date's, a good date was even better. Yeah. Like when you have a good date and you still come back to me mm. or I come back, well, I'm waiting on my good date. <laughs> Whenever there's been a good date, it's almost like the better version of that. Yeah. I find, I think I find what, what definitely makes me, for me, the reconnection, reconnection, the reestablishment of like our unit is the more fear there is or the more insecurities that come up for me, 
um, which I guess fall under the umbrella of jealousy. Um, the more that you experience that and the more, I guess it's almost like the greater the threat, which only exists in my mind, right? Like it's, it's the threat that I've made up for myself. Um, when you get to come back together after the date or after the whatever's happened, it's like to the degree that you were afraid, the connection is will match that like that ex- intensity of feeling. Mm. Um, so yeah, and, and I think that's what happened very early on because the fear was so heightened early on. Whenever yeah. we would see somebody else, that the reconnection was like just so intense. Mm. Um, because when you when you learn that the, that you're going to come back and I'm going to come back to you mm. and that we're committed to this and that this is still the most important thing, there's something like really incredible about that. So then that leads to the question maybe around like that everyone always asks around well, what happens if if your partner falls in love with someone else like what happens if one of us so what's your you know perspective view on that of like it's always an interesting question because i think sometimes our responses with that same thing with like somebody asking i'll, I'll stick with this question but it's like my response is like i, I don't it's not like i'm gonna just be like oh i'm in love mm. oops <laughs> Well, what do we do now? Like, there's so much that has to happen before that. And yes, people can fall in love quickly and people can catch feelings quickly, but there's still a process that has to happen. Um, and um, yeah, I also think that I'm just the kind of person that like, I'm I'm too cynical and critical to be like, oh man, I'm, I'm just in love with this person and I can't control it. I'm like, no, I, I kind of believe that love is a bit of a choice. Like you choose who you love and like you can be really intentional about that if, if that's what you believe. Um, so I'm probably a little bit too practical in that sense to really even answer the question. Yeah. But yeah, I think that falling in love with you was a process that was spread out over months mm. and it was a lot of intense time together, a lot of time together. Um, we weren't seeing other people really a lot at the beginning, if at all. Um, and we were really invested in kind of building something. Like we, we'd both said to each other, hey, I'm really invested in this connection and I want to see where it goes. Um, so that means that unless I replicate that with someone else, that the chances of me just falling in love with someone else, I'm like, ah, it's going to be hard because I'm going to be seeing them intermittently. I'm not going to be having a lot of conversations around what I'm, what I want in relationships and, and what things mean to me and, and what their connection means to me and stuff like that because I kind of, I have you. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't see myself falling in love quickly or so quick to the point where I'm like, I can't into even intervene and be like, hey, I'm starting to get feelings for someone. We need to talk about this. Like, the, it's just not going to happen that fast. Um, and I think that the the reason that question comes up is what we've talked about with, with everything, with regards to like flirting or talking to other people. People simply don't talk about people outside of the relationship at all. So you could in that scenario the barista the someone could fall in love with the barista without the other person knowing and then suddenly they turn around and have to be like i'm in love with someone else hmm. you know like how many marriages have ended from the person being like i've met someone and i'm in love with them and i'm gonna leave you for them it's because it's they've never gone to the point prior to that happening where they just be like i i, I need to talk to you about like this person i'm seeing because there's not an opportunity and I think that's often where that question comes from is like, and I think a lot of the questions that come up about open relationships are based on most people's exposure to non-monogamy is infidelity. So, mm. if they're looking at through that lens, you know, you always hear stories of like, you know, partner that cheated, that then fell in love with the other other man or woman mm. and then that then they broke up with them. So, it's like, obviously there was an issue in the relationship that led to the cheating 
that led to then the falling in love with someone like i i'm not personally worried about you falling in love with someone else it's like for a few different reasons that i i know the connection we have um i'm pretty sure i know how you feel about me <laughs> um i know that you would talk to me if anything even remotely started to develop because we talk about dates and and how things are going and other connections and so i think like if you're operating from a place of like if i was so scared every day of you falling in love with someone else to me that would say there's either something in me that i'm not sure about to that degree or there's something within us that I'm I'm insecure or, or not feeling good about it, and that's the problem you need to address. The question isn't, are they going to fall in love with someone else? It's why am I so scared about them going to be falling in love with someone else? Is the relationship okay? And and fundamentally, what's going on inside me that's making me so scared of that being the outcome? If you're confident in the relationship, you're confident in yourself, you shouldn't have to be, you know, that be a constant thing that you're scared about it always in mm. your mind. So I think that's where that question often comes from with people. Um, and, and the other part for me is like, you know, I've, I'm in the relationship with you, you know, there's, I've been on a bunch of other dates before that didn't progress to even, you know, I've described to you as kind of like this tiered thing of like, there's people I've been on dates with, there's people then I've, you know, that's gone further than that, that I've had multiple dates with and, and hooked up with. Then there's people that became a girlfriend, you know, and it's like the chance of me just like meeting someone now that all of a sudden I'm, it's going to displace the connection I have with you. I just don't believe that that's going to happen. Mm. You know, from we're really healthy, I've got everything I need in a relationship. I'm not looking for you know anything more than than what i get from you so yeah i don't know I, I just i don't think it's a likely pathway for those two reasons that i think that you're a pretty unique person and and we've got a pretty unique relationship that as well as the fact of um yeah the other stuff i've talked about i just i don't think it's a it's a likely outcome from where we are now and maybe if like i said if if i became really unsure of the relationship um, and there was there was problems. Yeah, should you you know if we were having a lot of issues and arguments and and things were turbulent, is being open a good idea? Probably not. Mm. You know, it's probably not the right pathway if you're going through turbulent times internally, because absolutely there's a high chance that someone's going to go. Well, you know, they get that that new relationship kind of energy feeling of the new person they've met and go. Well, I'm in this relationship that's turbulent and there's a bunch of drama. Mm. that doesn't exist here mm. i'm going to go towards that but i think when things aren't turbulent and, and are smooth and easy with your partner it's just not something that personally I, I get concerned about yeah i think that there's a lot of terms that come from monogamy and i really like learning about monogamy brain mm. because it's like it makes so much make sense so i think things like settling down um ideas around what environments children should grow up in mm. um and then love like the difference between monogamy and non-monogamy is that I think the hallmark of monogamy is that love is like the soulmate, the one person, the significant other, the your other half. And it's like there's only so much love to go around. But when we use that best friend analogy of non-monogamy, it's like you can have as many friends as you like and there's not less love to go around. So I think when you operate from monogamy, it's often a scarcity mindset. Whereas in non-monogamy, what's really nice is that I think we've even talked about it. If you fell in love with someone, like it would be probably a bit rough and I'd be a little bit like, oh, well, this is challenging. <laughs> but I also, 
I also kind of believe that you would have enough love for, for me and someone else mm. and probably another person, another person of that. And, you know, my experience with one of my past relationships is I was cheated on and he was lying to me for six out of nine months or something like along those lines, six out of ten months. And, um, you know, there were times where I was like, oh, man, he was just fucking lying and what a deceptive, like, C-U-N-T. Um, I haven't decided if we're going to say the C word on this podcast yet, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> uh, and what I ultimately kind of got to with that is I was like, I actually believe that he did love me. And like, you know, the things that he was saying and things he was doing with me, I, I actually think that they were genuine. I, I think it would be, I, I think it would, <laughs> the narcissist that he was, it would have been too much effort for him to just straight up have some totally superficial made up fallacy that he was living mm. with, you know, for 50% of his time. Um, more than that, because we were together a lot quite often. And then when he was working in a different city, that was when he was seeing someone else. And it's like, I just deep down don't really believe that you can make that shit up for that long. Mm. I, I genuinely think that he wasn't like loved me mm. and cared for me. And even though he did the wrong thing, I don't think that that changes how he felt about me. I just think he was fucked up and he made some mistakes and didn't know how to talk about it. So I think, yeah, for me, it's like that was a bit of a readjustment around like, you know what? I, I kind of believe that people can love multiple people. And I, I like even using monogamy as an example of that. Like you're not, truly monogamous unless you have been with one person your whole life mm. we are serial monogamous we love multiple people and so the idea of like well if someone falls in love with someone else you can't love the other person it's like well no you love all of your family members you love all of your friends you love a lot of things does that mean that you've got less love left mm. it's like no i think you can prove yourself wrong quite easily with regards to that so yeah i, I think the the scarcity scarcity practice around love in monogamy is quite damaging to be honest, mm. because you mean you become very protective of it and you become very restrictive and you try and make yourself safe and make yourself um, wrapped up in this little like kind of boundary or these rigid rules of like, no, 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 you can't do that because I'll get less. Mm. No, 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 you can't see or talk to other people because I'll get less. And, and that's a risk for me. Um, whereas for you and I, it's been like, hey, if that's going to bring more to you and you can still give me what I need, then hell yes, I'm all for it. Go and do those things. I think that's really cool. And then what's ultimately happened is it's only magnified our connection and our love because it's been like, hey, we, we, we get to do all these other things that make us happy and we come with a, a full cup to each other in our relationship i remember a podcast i listened to years ago um he talked about this kind of connection between like love and security and and like people think that if you have less uh if you sort of move away from security like you know so open relationship people view it as less secure that also means it's less love mm. or, or yeah this kind of connection where you know i'm completely secure in us so seeing other people doesn't impact that it also doesn't impact how much i love you um so yeah i, I think that that's a misconception people have around security thinking like monogamy equals security mm. and i just don't know if that's the case it's like, false yeah yeah it, I, I think it's a false security but it's a false, it's a false security. security and I'd, I'd almost argue that in those monogamous relationships where people haven't talked about boundaries i think there's actually a higher degree of danger on the mm. security side it's like mm. because you don't actually know what's going on like i know uh, you know all of the people you're currently talking to off dating apps and stuff like that it's like you talk about them and you're like hey yeah i'm talking to this person and it's like there's it's a complete open book mm. you know that that there's not 
the fear of like you know I, you know if we see each other's phones go off like i've been in open relationships in sorry in relationships before where like a partner will see my phone go off and go like oh, who's that and it's like if you see a name on my phone you know who they are generally I'm like, like hey like, babe you've got a notification <laughs> from hinge hey yeah. do you want me to read it to you <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think it's just um yeah, it makes things really easy when it's when it's like that. Yeah. Have I got a notification from Hinge on my phone? No. <laughs> <laughs> um I reckon we've probably been I do have some other things for you because I think what people want to know is they wanna ask the questions of like, yeah, but what's okay and what's not okay? And and what's allowed and what's not allowed? Like mm. what what's the real practical stuff of it? Um, and somebody actually asked us, how does seeing other people work for you? And I think it's like the more the practical application, like what does it actually look like mm-hmm. when we're talking to someone else or we're going to go on a date? What are the things that we do before and after and, and how do we practice non-monogamy? So how does seeing other people work for us? Yeah, so I think just really practical steps and, and to keep it nice and simple is we often talk quite a lot even before the seeing other people occurs. So we talk a lot about, you know, each week generally, I'd say we have a bit of a check-in. Um, usually one of us will ask, hey, are you talking to anyone that you're interested in or have you had any interesting conversations this week? Um, I think that's been a practice we've kind of learned a little bit over time just to kind of create the space and and open the door a little bit to those conversations to make sure that both of us have a space to talk about it. I think to start with, there was a lot of like trying to find the right time and when the it's perfect, really hard perfect to start time those conversations. Like, yeah. I remember there was so many times where like I'd been talking to someone kind of interested you know, I had organized a potential date, but I was like waiting for the right time to tell you. And like, I know that that took a couple of times of like telling you too close and, and kind of just learning through that process a little bit. So I think we talk often now trying to figure out, okay, hey. We're proactive about it really is what happened. We went from sort of talking to people, making potential plans and then telling the other person Mm. to now as soon as we've connected with someone that we're potentially interested in, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm like, started chatting to this person and, like, mm. they seem kind of cool and, like, yeah, we might organize a day. Like, hasn't got to that point yet, but potentially. So, yeah. it's like, we get ahead of that. Yeah, and I think that's been the, the thing that we've done across the whole relationship, right, is, like, pro- proactive conversations often. You know, talking about things before they come up and, and often, like, if we've had any kind of challenge come up a lot of the time, it's been something we've already talked about in some format. Uh, so yeah, I think that talking a lot, talking often, um, giving each other as much notice as possible before a date. So, you know, trying to, as soon as we're, it's sort of on the cards or it's, it's being talked about, making sure we bring it up and having a bit of a check-in mm. and make sure each other's feeling good about that. And we've even discussed the language around that to a degree where mm. you've said, Hey, I'm going to potentially meet this person mm. on Wednesday. And I'm like, well... <laughs> Are you or aren't mm. you? Tell me if it's a date or not. Mm. Because, like, that's cool. That's fine. But you've got to stop softening it because I'm confused about whether you're actually going or not. Yeah, and I think that comes to, like, something we've talked about in the last couple of weeks is, like, almost asking for permission to see someone else versus it being part of our fundamental relationship. Yeah. And I think that, to start with, that was, like, you know, I'd be talking to someone and I'd say to them, hey, like, I could potentially see you this night. And if they said yes, then I would then wait till I'd talk to you to then come back. And that's when some of the potentially words would come back in because it's like I'd soft organized and yeah. made plans. So then I was 
checking in with you before I'd confirmed the plans yeah. and it just causes confusion for everybody. And what you were everybody. doing was considerate. But yeah. for me, I was hearing it being like, yeah. well, is he... What does it is actually mean? I'm, I don't know what's going on. Are you trying to tell me or is it not going on? I'm yeah. going ahead. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, what you said recently was the default is we're open. Mm. The default is we see other people. The yeah. default's not we don't see other people mm. and then we ask to see other people. It's like, no, we see other people and we just let each other know as yeah. we're going through that. Um, so go operate from that place mm. rather than operating from that kind of monogamous brain scarcity mm. mindset of, hey, I'm feeling really guilty. This is really hard to bring up. And it's mm. like, no, no, no. That's what both of us are expecting because mm. that's what we have decided we are practicing. And I think that's come through gotten more comfortable with the whole dating of other people. You know, that, that the process has gotten easier and it's oh, yeah. not as hurtful. And I think so then it kind of, it, not, not that it was ever hurtful, but I think there's less fears come up for both of us so i know for me so it's like it, i think it feels like less of a big deal to be saying hey i'm going to see someone else so i think that's the that's first date involved. the worst first date for me was the worst too oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i don't think either of us left it was shit the conversation yeah. afterwards was hard yeah like really hard like there's one when i wasn't here i was in a different city and so we were talking on the phone which was like not ideal yeah. it's definitely something that's easier face to face um, and yeah, that was a rough conversation. And I just remember like having true, trying to like plan the rest of my life with this extra person, <laughs> just yeah. being like, okay, well, how often are you going to see her? And like, what, like, what, what are you going to call her? And yeah. like, is she going to be babe or, or am I going to be babe? Like, you know, it's like, oh my God, tell me everything that's happening. How are all three of us going to fit in the bed? Yeah. I was like, oh, I just don't know how this is. I, I can't deal with this. And it was like, that was all just me being like, okay, how do I figure this thing out? And, yeah. and now the conversation that we have after dates is very much like, Hey, what happened on the date? How mm. was it? Did you enjoy it? Let mm. me know how you feel about it before I worry about myself. And that helps me enjoy the process as mm. well when I know that you're enjoying it. Um, and I get to check in on like, how are you? Like, mm. did, did you in have a good date? Like, is it someone you like? Cool, man. Like, that's yeah. what I want. I don't want you to go on shit dates. Yeah. As much as sometimes I'm like, oh, I hope it was bad. I hope it was bad. I hope he <laughs> likes me more than her. It's like, no, like ultimately I want you to have amazing mm. dates and I want you to see amazing people. And, and in the same way, I want to have amazing dates and mm. I want to see amazing people. So of course I want that for you. And that's, that's the ultimate experience for us really. Um, so now it's very much the conversation is like, how was it? Would you want to see them again? Mm. Um, tell me about anything significant that happened or like, sometimes the other person will kind of like run through it and then they'll be like do you want to know more like do you have any other questions which is quite good um but otherwise it's like ah cool yeah i think the 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 thing that's changed over time me has definitely been the fears you know if it's from the first date of yours to to you know the most recent like the level that, that i'm scared you know or, or have insecurities come up prior is so much lower like mm. and i think that just comes with time of being more secure in us and and i think just you know the yeah security in myself security in us and that that's gotten a million times easier so ha with that have all of those discussions kind of leading up to the date yeah so we have a ongoing proactive conversation about anyone that we're chatting to anyone we think we're attracted to or might potentially have a date with whatever even if it's nothing that's been organized yet hmm. um and then if there is a date that's set we tell each other as soon as we can as much heads up as possible but we've also whenever we've said like hey as much notice as possible like let us know it's also with the understanding that sometimes you can't give more notice than mm. a day or mm. less than 24 hours and it's like hey that's going to happen and it's fine um and then reconnecting afterwards so whether it's 
texting the next day, seeing each other the next day, um, organizing a date or, or something, some kind of immediate reconnection where it's, it needs to be, f- if possible, physical mm. and emotional, like just getting together. Like that's probably to me the most significant part, just the, the post the post date mm. little gathering. Uh, yeah, I think that's the thing that's definitely maybe changed the most and, and feels the most significant is that, you know, it, it, I think the fear is always going to be that in, with your partner dating someone else and, you know, you see someone go on a date, it's like, oh my God, is that going to change us? Is it going to, you know, are you going to like me less, love me less? Mm. You know, is, are you going to, whatever it is, like those fears come up like, oh my God, this this event is going to change the relationship and I think it's that reconnection after it is just that the sooner I think that we can get back to that like oh nothing's changed like we're mm-hmm. still us there's there's nothing that's changed that's what I feel is really significant about that reconnection sort of piece the next day like even hearing from you like after a date like whether it's a quick message or whatever after a date or, or whether you come over um, you know just that seeing you and feeling that okay like everything's all, all fine we're still the same um, yeah, it means a lot, and it's it. I think definitely helps as as we've gotten more comfortable with the whole thing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't. We don't really have anything else. But I, you know, I would argue that compared to other people that practice non-monogamy, we're very much like take it as it comes. We'll adjust as we need to. Mm. We'll make changes on the fly. Let's not make any hard agreements or rules because mm. it becomes too rigid. Let's remain flexible and just rather than being like, this is the way it is and it's set that way, mm. we'll just talk about it. Hey, like, what would we do if we wanted to go on a date with someone two nights in a row? We'll fucking talk about it when mm. we get there. What if you want to have a sleepover? We'll talk about it when we get there. Mm. What if it's some some other thing? It's like, well, we'll, we'll fucking talk about it. Like, it's like you you as much as we proactively talk about possibilities or theoretical things that might come up that we want to discuss, mm. um, we also know that when those things come up, we're going to be able to just talk about it again when it comes up and deal with it when we get there. Yeah, and I think for like I think what's made that easier, like starting out this way, like from day one of our relationship starting out with no boundaries really already like we started out you know first few conversations talking about still dating other people so it's we've really just i think more continued that yeah continued the just started dating behaviors of like or or just you know being relaxed about that period and we just haven't tried to like constrict it after that and we've left that the same like i i always kind of think about people that are in monogamous relationships trying to open up and that almost like releasing of rules i think that must be really scary compared Mm, to mm. just not making them to start with so Mm. i i can imagine that that would take a little bit more kind of okay you pull this away you pull that away and slowly break down that that rigid structure you've been operating in so and that's why we have not become monogamous because we've said that we would prefer to have the pain quote unquote the pain Mm. of being non-monogamous and having to deal with the fears and insecurities that come up with you seeing other people Mm. or me seeing other people than to be monogamous and want to open up again Mm. right like I'd I'd almost prefer to be non-monogamous and have to deal with whatever comes with that with the desire to be monogamous at times rather than being monogamous and dealing with the fears and shit that would happen if one person wanted to open up again or one person wanted to see someone else or whatever came up with that. It's like, 
Let's let's do it the other way. Well, let's let's want to be monogamous rather than being stuck in monogamy, wanting to be non-monogamous. Well, that's you know back to the kind of you know how hard it is to even open up the conversation to say, hey, I've been talking to someone, I've got a date. When we're agreed, we're non-monogamous. Imagine trying to have that conversation yeah. of like, hey, I've been sort of feeling like maybe I don't want to be monogamous anymore. Can we do this? Like trying to find the right time for that conversation would be a real real hard situation. So yeah, you know that sort of said you like I'd rather be bumping up against that feeling of like non-monogamous but feeling like I could be monogamous mm-hmm. with you and, and that feels amazing whenever I have the thoughts of like oh it, it's just you that I want um, and, and running into that versus being the other way around mm-hmm. so yeah I think that we've kept the rules pretty simple I think it can be pretty simple I think that the the you know rules boundaries agreements whatever you want to call them I think almost like the more of them you have, the more complex and, and tumultuous that whole mm. thing could be mm. because there's more chance of kind of messing up. So I think that, you know, us talking through all of the scenarios of like, hey, like how does this work and being really proactive and, and making sure we didn't put too many rules in place and actually talking about the reasons why we wanted to potentially put rules in place has kind of helped it feel yeah. a little bit more free and just like, hey, like we can do what we want. We know and, and, and I think know what each other what we want for each other i think we're really aligned on on where we're going and what we want from this and you know i think that just makes the whole thing simpler yeah simple keep it simple have hard conversations often that's it very good anything else no no done done it yeah all right that's That's episode one wrapped thank you bye Bye. peace